Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, September 1, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, let's explain what's on the chart. We'll assess what's going on in the daily chart, and then we'll have a normal discussion about things that are taking place now and that can impact the markets in one way or the other. What are the two horizontal lines running across the screen? One is 390.91. We talked about that last night. It was, in fact, some unfinished business. 388 was what we'll call more of a preferred price. They pulled up short in between the first and second number, and you'll notice that they pulled up short of this upsloping trend line. Now, there are no accidents or coincidences in the market. The market itself, Mrs. Market, knows about that trend line. She created the trend line. The question is, is this going to be a good low? We've got some kind of a reversal on our hands, at least from the look on the chart. When you look at the daily chart of the ES Futures contract, the September contract, you see a tail candle. And on the SPY, we see somewhat of a reversal candle finishing at the highs. That's definitely a positive case most of the time. So what do we have going forward? What do we have on the board? Well, tomorrow we have the phony jobs number. Okay, so we know a couple of things. A, it's made up out of whole cloth. And B, it can move the market in one way or the other. Up or down, we have no idea how the market's going to react to whatever the number is. It's not that we're looking for a good or bad number. The number comes out, it's 300,000 jobs, it's 100,000 jobs, it's 9 million jobs, whatever it is. And then the market does its thing and it starts going in one direction or the other. And then whatever move it made is as a result of the phony jobs number. And that's just the way it works. That happens at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. They're going to move the tape before the opening bell. One way or the other, they'll suck some traders in around the opening bell. They will subsequently shake them out in a morning shakeout operation. And the shakeout operation could be in the northern or southern direction. But whoever jumps in early is likely to get shaken out shortly thereafter. That's also just the way it works. What else do we have on the board? Well, we have one of our famous holiday weekend situations. What does that mean? It means Monday the market's closed. It's closed for Labor Day. So what does that mean and why is it important? Well, it's not really that important, but what it means is this. More often than not, and you can go back to these videos, we talk about this each and every time we've got one of these holiday weekend situations. So we've got a holiday weekend, more often than not, they'll actually rally the market up into the holiday weekend, the three-day holiday weekend. We'll come back next week and whatever happens, happens. But that is a thing. They do that more often than not. And just to boot, we've also got what really is the conclusion of the summer doldrums. If there was an official ending of the summer doldrums, it would be after Labor Day. That's traditionally the way it works. When we talk about the reversal candle found on today's chart, regardless of whether they hit the upsloping trend line, whether they hit the official 
garden variety 618 golden ratio retracement or not. We still have the appearance of a reversal candle, but we want to look for something else. Did we have institutional participation? What does that mean? That means that we would have seen a flood of pension funds, hedge funds, mutual funds, all the big institutionals that buy bucketfuls of shares at a time, not 300 shares, not 1,000 shares. Did we have institutional participation, which could be the sign or signal, or it's part of the sign or signal of a trend change? And the answer is no. We had average volume, and therefore, it was just an up day. Certainly, we could have some follow-through leading into the weekend that's certainly on the table, and we have to watch out for the phony jobs number at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. They will, in fact, move the tape. Looking around the horn, we have a 240-minute chart, slightly different than the daily chart. It's a half a day, and what do we have here? We have a tail candle and follow-through. What you'll see in the notes when we get to inside the numbers is we began to notice the tail candles developing. And this is all part and parcel to the whole system, the way it works. So check this out. What do I say all the time? Things begin from a shorter time frame and they morph onto larger time frames. So we saw what happened on the daily chart. The futures put in a tail candle and the SPY put in what I'll call a reversal candle. It's a healthy candle finishing near the highs. That's a positive thing. The 240 chart puts in a tail candle and has a reversal candle in the second 240 of the day. When you think about it, this candle ended at 1.30 p.m. The 120 chart didn't really look the same. The 120 chart really wasn't giving any kind of clues to the effect of a trend change on any particular level. The hourly chart put in a little bit of a tail candle. They had a reversal back down, and what did they do? And we talk about this one all the time. In fact, I mentioned this one the other day inside the numbers in the notes. What they do a lot of times is they make a low, and then they spike the low because when they do that, they do a couple of things. They suck in the traders that are taught to short the lows. So they think that it was a fake out, a bull trap per se, and they're going to make lower lows. So what they do is they spike the low. Traders sell a break of the low. There are also stops down there for traders that were long that said, well, I'll just put my stop below the low. So they run down. They hit the stops. They suck in the traders shorting the market at the lows. That's also known as shorting in the hole. And then in the spirit of finding liquidity down below the lows, and I'll explain that in a moment, we've done this before, they rip it back up in the other direction. Now, not always will that be the low of the day. However, the rip back up in the other direction is really what the experienced traders were after. What about that liquidity thing I just mentioned? Well, think about it. If there are stops down there, that means there are orders to sell. If traders are shorting below the low or a break of the low, they are selling shares or selling contracts in the futures. Who are they selling them to? They're selling to the institutions looking to buy up the market on a break of the low to rip it back in the other direction. The stops are sold to the institutional traders and the shorts are sold to the institutional traders. All of a sudden, forced buying back in occurs, 
buying begets buying, pies in the face ensue, and the rest is history. Here's a 30-minute chart. You see this tail candle here? Now think about this for a moment. We'll discuss this in a few minutes when we get to inside the numbers and the commentary, but we had a buy down at 390.91 or below, not before, and we had a target of 392 and higher. That's what it looked like in real time. This is a five-minute chart. Right of the vertical is today's activity. We were waiting, waiting, waiting. I was not a willing buyer until they finished the unfinished business at 390.91. Once they did, I was a buyer. Folks in the room were buyers. Inside the number members were buyers. We basically bought the market up, took the ride. Everybody made money. And that was the end of the road, at least for that trade. I jumped the gun a little bit, so now we'll review the commentary inside the numbers. What I urge you to do is pause the video, read the notes, and go back to the chart to double-check the work. I'm going to highlight a few important things. The rest you can read on your own. We were waking up a little bit red as they continue creeping toward our zone of support, as described in last night's video. They're just doing the thing. So we'll get down to the business of numbers. They're in no man's land at zero dark 30, heading toward a destination. The first one of interest is 390.91. Now, think about this for a minute. Now, we know about this number because we talked about it not only in last night's video, but we talked about it before that as well. So I'm waiting on this. I see it unfolding and already at zero dark 30, and today it really was zero dark 30. That was the number on the board. That was the one I was waiting to buy, and I patiently sat around tapping my finger on the table until it reached the number. We had the flip around situation. They would get up to 395 if they did. They did it later in the day, and you'll see that come out later as well when we wrap things up and I give you the rest of the day schematic, if you will. Here's the rest of the pre-market commentary. You can read that at your leisure. Let's move up, see what else is going on. So at 9.15, we're getting ready to go. Starting pitcher's getting loose. I'm getting amped up. 9.15, you might remember the other day I said, below 394 is another leg lower. They're in the midst of the aforementioned leg. We'll see how the morning develops. I'm not a buyer until they get to 390.91 at least. 388, give or take, is the Mac Daddy spot today. I didn't say they were going to get there, but that would have been the Mac Daddy spot. Let's see what else we have. Here's the first crack at a morning trade possibility, 921. If they run up and fill the gap, 395 or so, that's a short. It is overhead resistance. Closing candles above will open the door for a little higher. Traders looking for a short can take the first one at 395, second one at 396.60. They didn't do that, but it's on the board nonetheless. We had a nice quick trade in Vive. We'll get back to stocks on the move a little bit later. Here you see at 940, they're in no man's land in between yesterday's close and 390.91. We'll move it along, see what else we have. We have some short-term support below and they'll fall again. If they were going to push higher, remember 394. So if it was important on the way down, and that was the gateway to another leg lower, then running back up, you would think it would be overhead resistance. Well, later in the day, they kind of blew through it because they tried it earlier and came up short, so it wouldn't be the same. You'll see that on the chart when I review it in a moment. Let's keep going, see what else we have. 
9.56. I'm still a buyer on a spike of 3.91 in case you were still wondering. 10.05, they're getting close. They're coming. 10.14, they hit the number. Minimum required number for showtime. Remember, they can spike it, and there should be a bounce back to at least 3.92. And remember, when I give you a target on something like this, I'm front-running the target. They should get higher than 3.92. If I'm giving you 3.92, I'm trying not to leave you hanging, leave you out to dry. Before they turned around, just saying they could go down a little bit more, face the big fat round number of 3.90. They didn't go all the way there. They got a little bit closer. And by 10.22, here comes the bounce. And there it is in pictures. Doesn't look like much when you think about it for a split second. But then when you think about it and say, hey, I was never out of the money. I knew the number from not only just this morning, but from another day. If he's waiting on the number and he's buying the number, I'm buying the number, it's a good number. Now watch this, 1025. If they keep going, meaning above 392, the next resistance number will be at 392.75, give or take. Back to the pictures. How about that? Look at this run. 392.77 on the nose and a pullback to make new lows. How you doing? Just food for thought. We do this all the time, but we do it on longer-term charts, shorter-term charts. Here's a real short-term chart. What is this area? Isn't that a former breakdown area? Didn't the market come down here and eat time off the clock and then do what? It broke down to the next level. It's not that far away, but it's a five-minute chart. So the same concept holds true. Once they find some kind of a low and they start to rally, what's the magnetic thing that they rally back to? the last breakdown area in the sequence. That's it. How you doing? You like apples? Let's see what else we have. By 1028, that's what we call a blockbuster trade, catching the low, an immediate rocket ride. If you hold a trailer, food for thought. Some of the charts have put in a tail candle of note. Remember, we talked about that stuff before. You start to see it developing on shorter timeframes. It morphs from there. I'm going to fast forward a little bit. You pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. I do want to show you the last post of the day because this is kind of the, here's your schematic into the end of the day. The midday float took them up to retest around the morning highs. That's garden variety stuff. We see it happen all the time. Only getting above opens the door for higher stuff mentioned earlier. It's a test until it's not. Below opens the door for 388, meaning below the low of day. Above the high, the morning high that is, opens the door for 394 and then 395, give or take. They could do either into the end of day. I want to show you one more thing from early this morning, around zero dark 30. Find this interesting. 396.60, if they can, meaning get above the gap left open from yesterday, the door will open for the bulls to work on 396.60. Back to the pictures, 396.60, how you doing? It pays to know your numbers. About stocks on the move, kind of a monster list today, but if you read all of the notes, what you found in there was, it's a long list, but we had some never knows in there. I didn't expect them all to hit their numbers. It's a just in case, if you were getting some kind of a flush out in the market, some of these other ones would have hit numbers. We're gonna take a look at Vive, NVIDIA, MDB, AMD, and we'll also look at SMTC. There's a lesson to be learned there. We're also going to look at Campbell Soup. 
there's a little lesson in there. Might as well start with that one. It was the heartbreaker. The lesson is that the numbers work. Look at the low here. 47.18, my number was 47 even. Look what they did. First, they had a little bit of a bounce away, and then they took one of those scoop patterns. I just made up that term, and they went on a rocket ride finishing at the highs. The moral of the story is the numbers work. How about Vive? So they did the deal at the first number, nice bounce away from it. A little over a $3 bounce, that's 2%. That's a stand-up double. Then it came into the second number. It did the same routine. Bounced back to the first number, base hit. Came into the third number, back to the first and second number, base hit, base hit. What can you say? The numbers worked. NVIDIA, not so much. Didn't really do what it was supposed to do. Hovered over the first, but I would never blame a trader in the first 10 or 15 minutes from taking the trade. It was a legitimate number, especially with a big fat round number of 140. Came into the second number, tried to find support, found it at the third, and there were traders that only took the third, by the way. So they got a little bit of a base hit out of it. Then they dipped lower and came back at the end of the day. So we're not going to call this a success by any measure. In fact, I'm sure some traders had to eat a little bit of a shit burger on this one. Hopefully it was the same traders that caught the SPY trade. We have something for everybody. AMD, you can see it was a case of the manner in which they came close, they bounced away, they came into it, below it. Nobody's taking this trade after that little shenanigan slash Macarena in front of the number. How about this one? How about Hormel? I know I didn't say I was going to talk about this one, but I can't help myself. 46.32 is my number. The low of day, 46.33, and the bounce away. How you doing? Short by a penny, but again, the takeaway is the numbers work. SMTC. I want to do a lesson learned on this one. So it blew through both numbers. There were two numbers on the board, a higher one than 35.10, but it opened below that, so that's immediately off the board. Then it was opening below the second. So I want to see the opening print. You'll see here that the opening print was 35.06. Open below the second number. It's off the board. It's a no trade. And look what happened. And this is the reason. Doesn't always happen like this, but this is the reason why. If it opens below the number, you look to the next one. If there is no next one, leave it alone. Camp IWM, we've got a tail candle on our hands. They certainly want you to believe that the low is in. That may be the case for a few days. It may be the case for longer. They may run up to run a back test of the convergence of moving averages that they just cracked through today, around 183 and a half, give or take. That's garden variety stuff. And certainly, if you're getting one of those three-day weekend holiday rally type of situations on your hands, that's where they're going to go. What about the folks down at the transportation department? What did we say? If they got below 13,850, the next spot down was 13,640. That was a miss. They missed by that much. The low was 13,669. And then they did the same thing that all the other markets do. And why is that? Because it's all the same market. Check this out over here at the Q people. So first, they came up short of an important number that I had on the board just short, kind of like the SPY came up short of that trend line. This one comes up short of its number and does what? How about rallies right back to come up short of or at the underside, running a test of the trend line that just broke? If you think these things are made up out of whole cloth, you got another thing coming. This stuff is real, it works, and it's uncanny how it works 
most of the time. Again, I'm not making up this trend line. Mrs. Market made up this trend line. And look what happened. You could say, well, they went right up to fill the gap. Yeah, they did. But just so happens that was where the trend line was. So they finished there right on the trend line yesterday. That's what left the gap. And today they run a back test of the same trend line. And yeah, they filled the gap. That's called a twofer. What about the financials? Same routine as all the other markets. There's no new information on the financials. They made a low and then they had a reversal and they finished in decent shape, period. About that number, I think we talked about it last night in the SMH, either that or the night before, 208.65. If it's on my chart, I talked about it with somebody, even if that somebody was my alter ego. Again, same as all the other stuff. Tail candle, reversal, and this one was on big volume. So you gotta watch out. This could be a canary in the coal mine for the tech sector. Is this telling you that that was a better than other markets type of low, at least the first one to make a good low? It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. You can't discount the type of volume. Now, the flip side of that is the volume today in the SMH had a lot to do with the fact that semis were under pressure, right? NVIDIA got thrown out with the bathwater this morning. And so that certainly impacted the volume, but it is what it is. It was bigger volume. They did reverse, finished on the highs. It is what it is. It's a puzzle piece and it's on the table. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you without you, these videos are not even possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.